0: Sally has a treat in store for us today. We are going to some lesser-known places around the world. It's always good to dream, isn't it? And, of course, plenty you can discover remotely, online, and other ways of finding out about places and things where you're not. Looking forward to that, plus maybe even a few hot deals coming our way. To NURFM's Talking Travel and Sally Lucas... We're looking at some of those places that we may never have heard of or... Certainly, want to know a little bit more about
1: where are we up to first? Yeah, well, this is an unusual one—a Kaliningrad in Russia, and it's a city that's between Lithuania and Poland on the Baltic Sea. And it was originally known as Königsberg, um, and it was founded by the Teutonic Knights in the 13th century. And then until after World War Two, it was then renamed and repopulated with Russians and became part of the Soviet Union. So there you go. But today, as it has been for centuries, it's now apparently for its wonderful amber products and most of the world's um, harvestable amber is still lying off the coast. The main attraction there is their 14th century Königsberg Königsberg Cathedral in the main city. They've got a Museum of the World Ocean which they say is wonderful to visit as well. And it is a major transport hub with uh, sea and river ports. It's actually um, got a population of about... 490,000 in Kaliningrad itself and a total of up to 800,000 in their area or region and it's the second largest city in the northwestern Federal District of Russia after St Petersburg and the third largest city in the Baltic region and the seventh largest on the Baltic Sea. So it sounds like it's a really interesting, when you have a Google, if you want to have a look at this, I'm sure we're all going through the net to fill in our time these days, there's some beautiful pictures of some wonderful old buildings etc on there and Even got this fisherman's village, and it's as I said, it's on this Pregolia River and the Vistula Lagoon, so it's a confluence of two waterways that it's on as well. So, yeah, look, if you're thinking of doing something a little bit different, I mean, you've still got to get in and do other things in Russia, I'm sure, but it'd be nice not just to go to Moscow or the more just the well known, it's often nicer to seek out some of these other areas, which is what we're going to do over the next few weeks that you can go to that won't be as busy with tourists, and of course, you're going to see something that is part of history and been around for a long long time. Mm, That's on my list. (laughs) Yeah well there's another one might be on your list Jane. Did you say you'd been there to Albania?
0: No, nearly. I've oh, friends, at it. wasn't it?
1: Yeah, friends had friends been there. Friends
0: have, but I've looked at it from yes. across the border.
1: Yeah, well, a friend of ours, their daughter went there unexpectedly. She uh, had a, a friend that came from originally from Albania, and she kept saying, look, you've got to come back when I go back and visit. When, she lives in New York at the moment. But she said, I couldn't believe how beautiful it was. And I hadn't realised until you look at a map sometimes, you don't, do you? And I was always thinking Albania was further north than I thought of Greece, but of course it's not. So it's only a short ferry ride from Corfu, mm-hmm. from the north of Greece. Or oh, you can go hydrofoil is 30 minutes, the ferry is about 70 minutes. Um, your capital is Tirana, and of course if you did fly into Tirana, you can get a bus then down, it's about 160 k's south of Tirana. But it's got the most beautiful section of white, Sand coastline and olive groves, etc., just some lovely places. But it's also got a beach named after, well, I don't know, Bora Bora <laughs> beach, it. but it's not Tahiti, it is in Albania. And they've got castles and all sorts of other things. But it's really, she said, it's the water is turquoise, our friend's daughter said, and it's really absolutely beautiful. So if you're thinking of somewhere again, rather than go to one of the busier. You know, Greek Island, you might still be going to some of those as well. A little short ferry ride or a hydrofoil and and you can be in Albania and visit
0: Saranda. It also does have some magnificent mountain scenery inland too. It's well, yeah. fantastic.
1: Well, a lot of Europe does, doesn't it? Have some wonderful mountain ranges that you can, if you're into your hiking and your mountain climbing, that you can do. A bit of activity to earn all those are wonderful foods you're going to uh, enjoy at the end of each day or lunch, dinner, whatever you're having and your nice glass of wine to celebrate whatever you've done that day. Exactly. Where's next? Next we're going to go to... Well, we can go to two places. We can go to Paros in Greece and an island called Rugen in Germany.
0: Something that is a bit unusual is always very interesting. We want to know a little bit more. And Sally Lucas is taking to some of those destinations around the world that
1: you might think of as being, well, a little unusual. Well, probably the next one isn't, Jane. I'm just going to sort of break the mould a bit here because it's Paros in Greece, which we first went to, um, gosh... 1980s, I think. Anyway, a beautiful island. It was ended up being one of my favourites. The thing that got us, we sort of hired a little motor scooter and we went. The main towns called Parakea, and we went across to a lovely village on the other side of the island called Nausa. Um, Nausa's probably where you get your most, if you say, luxury based style accommodation. Whereas Parakea is your main port, so your accommodation tends to be a little less expensive. But it's you know it's easy to get around these islands. There's no long distances involved. But it was the smell of the wild herbs, the wild basil and oregano, mm. you, you were just you know, on the motorbike, just, you know, cruising along and you just this wafts of these beautiful, fresh, herbaceous smells was just fantastic. So it, it's a lovely little place. You can get down there from Piraeus by, by ferry, of course, which takes about three and a half hours.
0: Piraeus is the port of the Athens, The port of Athens, it,
1: yes, yes the, the main port or closest port to Athens. Patras is the other one. That's where you come across from Italy, across to Patras, but Piraeus is actually the closest port to, to Athens. Athens. So yeah, it's 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 a wonderful island and it's got lovely little seaside cafes. You know, we you get your fresh caught octopus and soak it all up, but it's a very pretty little island because it's not, um yeah, you, know, you look at say Mykonos and it's all more stony and not very wooded. So, you know, this island, you've got nice, you know, trees and shrubs and grasslands as well as having these lovely coastal villages. So I, I think it's a lovely little spot. So you could just take that. They do have a winery on the island now and there's, Again, some lovely beaches, though, as we know in Greece. They're not like our beaches. They're more stone beaches. They're not white sand beaches like we have. But the waters of around the Aegean Sea are quite lovely anyway. So Beautiful colour, aren't they? Oh, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. I mean, there's so many islands in the Greek, depending on which group you're going to. You know, there's. it's just... You don't realise how many islands there are surrounding the main part of mainland of Greece. It's it's wonderful. Um, now the other one. So we're sticking there. Now we've gone two Mediterraneanish sort of places. Now we're going to go back up north again to Germany to Rügen Island, and it's Germany's largest island. And it says it's got a myriad of terrains to delight outdoor explorers, from sandy coastlines to dramatic chalk cliffs and it's been a seaside resort since 1818 and it's one of Germany's top vacation spots so there you go so you've got two national parks there a former royal residence and a castle and of course sunbathing the beach of course you've got that there as well Uh, it's about a four-hour train journey north of Berlin um, roughly to give you an idea, and they have this famous one of the famous, I guess, cliffs is that the right word is the King's Chair, uh, where you can go as well, and on the Jasmund Peninsula, and so you've got a viewing platform there with where with exhibits on the Rugen nature in around that area, and the is it Jasmund or Jasmund National Park? Jasmund, yeah, Jasmund, which is known for its primeval beach forests and white tailed eagles, and also the nearby seaside resort town of Susnitz has a decommissioned submarine the HMS uh, Otis which is now a naval museum if you want to have a look at that so yeah these are all just little different places aren't they that you might never have come across in your your travel books or when you've been reading about where you want to go and they're just nice to maybe add them to your list as somewhere different and somewhere just interesting and they've all got an interesting history as well. We're talking travel and Sally Lucas we're
0: going to some places we might not have heard about but now know we really need to or yeah. want
1: to. Yeah hopefully <laughs> Well, I hope we all want to. Uh, this is now in Vietnam, a little bit closer to home. Yes. So, Phu Quoc Island is called, and it's actually closer to Cambodia than it is to um, to Vietnam because it's way down in that southern area. And it's a group of actually twenty eight islands. So, it's quite amazing. So, it's got again a lot of you know lovely beaches, of course. Um, again, lovely evergreen forests, waterfalls. Um, yeah, So, it's just forty five kilometers west of Ha. Tien is the nearest far south Vietnam. Um, The northern part of the island is relatively untouched due to its status as a UNESCO-listed national park. But, of course, you've still got plenty of, you know, other places you can visit and and enjoy. And apart from beachside activities, of course, you've got all of that, which is, you know, famous for their water sports as snorkelling, scuba diving, fishing, um, and even the horrible jet skis are there, but I hope they're not too many, (laughs) wind sailing. And they go squid fishing. Now, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I've never Mm -hmm. been squid fishing.
0: I wouldn't mind watching.
1: (laughs) Yes, I don't know whether I want to catch the little (laughs) curly... I don't mind eating them, eh? (laughs) Um, You've got early morning markets called the Duong Dong Market, which is a really authentic experience. And you can travel down there if you're coming from Saigon or Ho Chi Minh, whichever you like to call it, by bus, then then ferry will get you there. Um, Also, you've got, as I said, expansive um, nature parks, traditional villages, Buddhist pagodas, which are all... All easily accessible um, catering to just about any budget level of course you've got dining scenes that range from local markets selling fresh seafood and vietnamese street food to expat and bistros offering you know western and european cuisine as well so it might be an island you hadn't thought of but if you're going to vietnam you might have been doing a bit of busy sightseeing and that would be a nice way to unwind mm. at the end of your holiday so these are all things we can add to our bucket list when our wonderful world opens up to us again so and
0: of course we've been talking about beaches but this is a real tropical beach oh
1: yeah (laughs) no this is all the proper features uh, uh, yeah with all your beautiful tropical forests and all that Mm, sort of stuff yeah so yeah really really you could soak that up any time of the day and my (laughs) books anyway (laughs) indeed
0: so do we actually have any hot deals
1: at the moment a, a few now this is a good one so this is antarctica Antarctica yes in a day so the day flights are back and Qantas is putting on a dedicated state of the art 787 Dreamliner and is running one two three four five 3, blah, 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 blah. about eight departures from November through to February from various different um, cities Melbourne's um, got one in November Sydney has then Melbourne's got a New Year's Eve one and 31 December Perth 26 Jan, Brisbane 7 Feb, Adelaide 14 Feb, and Sydney 21 Feb again. So they've got 19 planned routes which will match the day's weather conditions, so no two flights are ever going to be the same. Um, each duration will be between 12 and 14 hours, and you get premium drinks, meals, talks from Antarctic expeditioners, and you have about four hours actually over the Antarctic region. Now, if you buy your cheapest fare, which is round about $1,100, that just gives you a fixed seat, but you are allowed to get up and move around, subject to weather conditions, of course, and uh, your seatbelt signs being on, and then you can grade up. So your fares will then continue up. Your next level economy, you swap seats at so many... You know, occasions. And then you've got also premium economy and you've got business. So there's a whole range of fares depending on what your budget is. So just consider that if you're sort of sitting at home sick of not being able to go anywhere. I mean, I know it's not the same as being on the ground in the Antarctic, but at least that might be a way that you can at least say you've seen that wonderful continent, which is the driest on earth, the coldest, the windiest, the whitest, etc, whitest, <laughs> etc. Et it's got all these accolades to it. So yeah, look, and it's bigger than Europe and almost twice as big as Australia. Uh, and bigger. only 2% of it's ice-free. So, wow. Mm.
0: And of course, it's going overseas when you're not going overseas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: right. <laughs> Well, we don't know when that's going to open up, do we? They're talking about middle of next year, maybe. Um, Cornus is talking about around July, and they're saying maybe January some destinations might, you know, open up if we get the Pacific Islands going, which I hope we can for their sake, because they're suffering economically badly too. And Mm. and they've got no cases. Like, there's no cases on the Cook Islands, Vanuatu, Mm. um, you know, New Caledonia, Fiji. So really, if that bubble can open up, You know, once we get all this sorted out, I mean, they're wonderful islands to visit, all of them in their own right. So at least hopefully sometime in the new year that might be happening as well. Fingers crossed. Exactly.
0: And do be with us. Uh, Thank you, Sally Lucas. That's all right, As we talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.
1: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health,